0: Hi, everybody. Today, we're talking about feeling the fear and doing it anyway. So you're listening to the Boostly Podcast, and if this is your first time listening, this is the podcast that gives hosts the tools, the tactics, the trainings, and most importantly, the confidence to go out there and get more direct bookends. And confidence is something that we're talking about today. Uh, we do a mini series on the Boostly podcast, which talks to a short-term rental host, somebody who has started their journey, who has felt that fear and uh, and has got started, and is now helping to motivate others to do the same. So this is the mini series where we dive behind the host. And here today on Behind the Host, we've got Jason Reese. He's got 5.5 properties, and we're going to share why five point five 5.5 um, in, during the podcast. And he's going to be sharing his tips on uh, things that he's learned across his journey and how you can uh, get started yourself. So let's dive into it. Reese, welcome along.
1: Yeah, thanks, Liam. I'm looking forward to the conversation.
0: So first of all, uh, can you give yourself an introduction? Let us know um, about your business and anything you'd like to share.
1: Yeah, so I started hosting just a little over two years ago. Um, I haven't hosted a a single person uh, prior to that, and going back to 2011, I started my career in medical device. and after about an 11-year-long and successful career there, uh, I got restless. I saw the the business there from uh, multiple different angles and uh, ultimately decided that uh, along with some burnout, um, I decided now is the time to dive into the entrepreneurial journey, uh, that i have always kind of felt, uh, a pull to do. And every um, was kind of a, an intersection of a lot of different interests of mine. So I dove head first and bought my first property in October of 2020. And so that was during the pandemic. So I didn't let the, didn't let the pandemic shut me down and, and, uh, you know, put out that fire. Um, I've done that. I've, I've, let the fire uh, go out too many times in the past and I haven't pursued some of the things that I wanted to do but this time I was uh, I was pretty determined not to not to let that happen again so I got started in 2020 uh, late 2020 and uh, now this year I have uh, five and a half properties that I'll have on Airbnb uh, that half is uh, my personal home That. Um, I decided to to kind of use Airbnb strategically here, uh, since I am in Nashville with uh, some pretty high demand uh, premium weekends, and there's some things that I've paid for for the house, some upgrades for the house. That uh, you know, I wanted the house to to pay for its own shoes, you know, pay for its own uh, nice things. And uh, I spent about twenty thousand dollars on the yard recently, and I decided I'm going to let the house pay me back for that. So. Uh, that's how I'm using the, the the point five,
0: so I know there's going to be a lot of people who you know feel that fear before they get started, and first of all, you know doing having your own house on uh, short term rental and available is 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 a different fear from getting started with your first property, and we'll we'll talk about both of that. so talk take me back to when what was your fears before having your first short term rental? What were some of the things you worried about and how did you overcome those uh, those fears, those challenges?
1: Well, I can tell you that just asking that question um, or hearing that question gave me chills. I think it's because a lot of it was because uh, I was in golden handcuffs. So my career was very rewarding in a lot of aspects, and I was I felt extremely fortunate uh, to have found that line of work. It was rewarding both personally, but also uh, financially, you know, at the end of the day, for the work that we were doing, uh, we were working with patients that had abnormal heart rhythms, and we would build 3D maps of their heart and during the procedure. I would co-pilot for the physician, um, and together we would go in to to fix that patient. And uh, oftentimes, we fix their their heartbeat, um, you know, within a split second of finding the right location. And a lot of that had to do with uh, you know, the insight and navigation that you know, I was providing or eventually my team was providing. That was a, it's a very rewarding uh, role. And as I climbed the ladder through that company, I found myself uh, learning a lot about the, the business from all aspects, but um, the further I got away from that reward, the patient reward, I would say the less fulfilling it became. And eventually, I worked my way into the corporate office out on the West Coast, and I managed our 3D mapping software portfolio uh, for the United States and uh, led some of our, our key programs and, and initiatives. And again, very rewarding because it was complex, it was fast moving, et cetera, but uh, at the end of the day, it burned me out. So the discomfort that I faced was leaving a career that i had built that i absolutely loved i worked for johnson and johnson for almost 11 years um, <clears throat> i built a reputation i built a network uh, all things that i was proud of um, but i didn't feel didn't feel fulfilled at the time uh, i no longer felt how i did earlier in my career and from that position in corporate i didn't see anything that appealed to me within the organization any longer, or even within an employed setting of any sort. So it was extremely uncomfortable to leave behind, or the idea of even leaving behind a career that so many people would be thankful to have, uh, and should be thankful to have. It's uh, it's a great place to be. But uh, for me, there was a feeling of being called to to, to answer that entrepreneurial uh, uh, knock, if you will, uh, at a time where it made sense to me. You know, the burnout was real. You know, I experienced physical symptoms in the office where I had to go to the doctor, the on-site doctor, you know, chest pain, stress, high blood pressure, all things that were very foreign to me as uh, someone who was known to be extremely hardworking and, uh, and committed. So once it got to that point for me, uh, it was it was eye-opening. So the discomfort came to, from leaving all of that behind to try and do it all over again in a completely unrelated field. And I'm a very calculated person. So uh, to get to a point where I felt comfortable enough uh, was, was tough to do.
0: I can imagine. And obviously now you're sitting here today with five properties. Are you still in full-time work at the moment? Are you still working the same job or are you now in property fully or in uh, short-term rental fully?
1: No, I I went uh, full time self employed uh, last July.
0: Oh, congratulations! That is uh, it's amazing to hear. So, what has been some of the wow moments since you've started this journey? Because obviously, your first one, feeling the fear and then doing it anyway, and then obviously you've you've added to that. What's been some of the wow moments along the way?
1: I think the first wow moment is when you get your first property, and the bookings start to roll in. And then the reviews start to follow and you're like, wow, I can actually do this. Like, I'm actually, I'm one of the people that I've been studying and researching for, uh, for so long. Like, wow, it's really not that hard. Uh, <laughs> you know, I think we tend to build things up to be uh, quite a bit more uh, intimidating and daunting than, than oftentimes they are. But more recently, I would say that when I crunched the numbers on how many people I'll host this year based off my projections, it's going to be over 3000 people and going from zero people to 3000 people, you know, in roughly two years timeframe, um, is, is very eye opening to me. And, um, I've reflected on that several times and it just, the speed at which that came and I got to this point where, you know, I've been interviewed now a couple of times on podcasts and. Yeah, I'm I'm looked to for a lot of different direction uh, from others on online and in my network, and people find me through social. It's like so I've I've gone from you know a medical device uh, expert and resource in that field to you know within two years, you building a portfolio, a business, and starting to build a reputation. Um, So when I look back at all of that, it's it's all kind of a, a wow
2: quick break from the podcast to let you know that the two Boostly books that we brought out the book direct playbook and the book direct blueprint are two of the top rated and the best selling in the hospitality category on amazon for just two pounds you can grab both of those books right now the foundations and the structures that you need to put in place is in the blueprint and then for 101 marketing tactics that is in the playbook so go and grab a copy on amazon now just type in book direct playbook or the book direct blueprint and uh, we'll see you on the other side.
0: That's amazing. And, and this it's one of those things which I always say to hosts is you don't realize the reward, but those 3,000 people that you're going to be hosting, you're actually probably hosting them for some of the best times of their years and some of the best memories that they might have for life. You know, that like this is the cool thing that we're able to... This is a nice business to be in. We're actually helping people create memories, which is cool. And sticking with the, the theme of going from your job to... Breaking into short-term rental industry, um, there's two questions which come from that. So first of all, when did you know it was time to make the switch? Was there any kind of rules or any kind of structure that you just done, or was it just a case of going, "Hey, do you know what? Now's time. Let's just let's just clean break and do it."
1: Uh, yeah, yeah, that's a that's a great question because for me, I think it's a particularly uh, heavy question to answer. And I think a lot of it came from well, I know a lot of it came from at that time when I was in my career finding myself burnt out on that hamster wheel. My dad also had afib, uh, atrial fibrillation, which was something that we treated in our, in our space. It was more of a realization of like, you know, my parents are getting older. know my mom had had some issues as well. And I was on the west Coast, opposite of my family, not able to see them or spend a lot of time with my family or even participate in family group decks. A lot of times I would just ignore it. So when it came to me being burnt out and facing this opportunity to leave my career behind, I really started asking myself a few you know, baseline questions of, okay, you know, what, what is it that I need in life? What is it that I, what is my purpose or what is the, what is the purpose of life for me? What is my goal? And my goal ultimately is to be happy. Like, okay, so you wanna be happy, what makes you happy? And so you answer that question. It's like, okay, well, why do you become, why do you get happiness from these things? And I get happiness from solving problems, uh, from helping others and solving problems for other people and and bringing others happiness. Like that's what um, ultimately as I boil everything down, Everything from customer service in the past from hotels and restaurants that I worked in um, to my sales career and even my corporate career. I ultimately was doing something for someone else to bring someone else happiness in some way, shape, or form. From there, I had some concerns about leaving my career and was it the right thing to do. But ultimately, I had more concerns about not being true to myself and to my life. Because in the end, it's my life and it's my time here on on this earth so how do I want to spend that time and so I thought it would be very enlightening to go to a nursing home and interview a bunch of people whose time has run out and that's a rather deep thought right it's you know can be heavy and if anyone listens to this and if they're not if (laughs) I encourage them to let it hit them deeply because when you put yourself in that frame of mind that there are, for one, there are people out there whose time has run out and they know that they're facing that every day. They know that their life is behind them. They have 80 years behind them and maybe only a few months ahead of them. There's not much you can do at that point. And so when I thought about having that conversation with those that were in that situation, it was pretty moving. And it's, it puts a lot of things into perspective. And I decided, I realized through that thought process that I didn't need to go there to have that conversation with them because I knew what the answer was. You know, if they were in my shoes and it was something that they wanted to do, they would absolutely, or that I wanted to do, they would absolutely encourage me to do that so that I didn't end up on my deathbed with regrets like inevitably some of them will have. And I felt like that was my opportunity at that time uh, to leave my career and pursue the things that I just wanted to try. I didn't have to be successful in it. That was a bigger fear for me at the time. I didn't wanna fail, I didn't wanna be wrong. But at the end of the day, the thing I fear the most is having run out of time, laying on my deathbed and having regret that I never tried. I really like that. And that was the most motivating thing for me. Um and I think if, if I don't know how if anybody else really puts themselves in that mind space I don't know how you can ignore that and take the left turn when your future self knows you should you should go right.
0: Do you know it really resonates with with me certainly because um yeah, there is I mean there's some sayings on online you can you people can go and check it out it is a bit more but it is a bit deep but ultimately definitely do go and check it out where you can see what people have said you know some of their regrets on on their on their sort of deathbed and that and ultimately nobody regrets the stuff they did they regret the stuff they didn't do so ultimately like you say by just taking that opportunity taking the chance while you're able to well yeah, we, you know, the, the fear of being successful was one fear, but actually the fear of not trying it was what motivated you into, into doing that. And I find that really cool. And just on the, you said about your thought about going there and having the conversation with them, there's, um, I don't know where I got this from, but it says that if you picture a mentor or somebody else giving you advice, even though it's your own mind, you're much more likely to follow it. And that's exactly what it sounds like. You've done, you, you've kind of, um, thought about the process what what they'd say and that's helped you to make your decision and there's a great decision making process i i feel that, that i've got a number of mentors and whenever i hit a problem or a crossroads not sure what to do before contacting anyone the first thing i do is i think hey if i was this person what would i think and what would i say and what would i do and actually obviously it's not that person it's yourself giving yourself advice but by imagining it in third person you're much more likely to take action which is uh which is amazing
1: well, it's funny you say that because i have it's a regular part of my process and I, it's just something that has come naturally. Uh, it's interesting that, that you've read that and learned that. It's to me, I think it's always just a voice in my head. It's like I'm always, it's either a voice of my parents or a voice of a teacher or a mentor in the past, or it ultimately has co- sort of morphed into my own voice now, coaching myself, checking myself, and again, in the third person. Uh, and, and I found it to be extremely effective. So yeah. I think you, we're on the you, same you page.
0: Up, you trust it hundred percent, don't you as well at the end of, you start to the more that you exercise that muscle of going, Hey, this is what I think I should do, you go off and do it, you, you, you sort of exercise that muscle. So one of the things I'd love to ask is what is the transferable skills that you've taken from you mentioned a lot of your your history there, the sales, the Customer service, obviously the medical uh, data side of things. What would you say are the key skills you've brought across from your other careers into short-term rental, and why?
1: Well, I think first is customer-focused mindset. So you know that being our guests, of course, and being in hospitality, uh, we better put guests first. So you know in sales, it's of course very customer-centric. You know we need to be there for them, we need to solve their problems, and we need to add value. And we need to be responsive. we need to give them a voice we need to make them feel like they have a voice and really all of those things apply in hospitality so you know from the ground up my places are designed furnished uh, and stocked with uh, items that take the guest experience into account i want everything to be smooth Um, i want to reduce friction uh, or eliminate friction altogether Uh, from the time they check in, or rather from the time they book, from the time they check out. And if there is an issue, if there is some friction somewhere in that process, I want to make sure they feel like they have a voice and they feel validated in that. So uh, it's very rare that I will push back uh, on a guest, And honestly, the only time I can think about doing, having done that, was this past week. And that's out of over 300 states. So I think the guest focus or the call it the customer centric uh, mentality uh, is first and foremost, uh, second is defining a process, you know, I have my processes uh, set up to scale and so that was something that you know, I did in my previous role uh, when I was managing uh, the software portfolio for the U S you know, a lot of things we would do, we define a process and we build out a scalable process. Um, and launch it in different markets all around the country. And then uh, sometimes I would uh, relay that to other uh, markets across the world. So on this smaller scale, I'm defining a process really is through uh, my communication schedule uh, and also my uh, schedule with my cleaners. So um, I have almost 90% probably, if not more, Uh, of my process of communications automated uh, through various processes using hospitable as my uh, property management software. Uh, And then of course, uh, Price Labs dynamic pricing. Uh, Those two tools for one uh, are immensely valuable when it comes to establishing a process. Um, So when the guest books, they get a a welcome message. Um, Then I I let them know uh, what other messages they should expect. To come, then they get another message three days prior to check in. Then they get uh, a message the day they check in, and two days ahead of or a day ahead of checkout, and so forth. And that makes sure that the burden of communicating with guests and running the business doesn't deter me from taking on more properties and growing my business further because I've offloaded that to technology. So I can't. Uh, or I'm a lot less likely to feel like it's a heavy lift to add another property. And therefore uh, that makes growing my business more attainable to me personally. The third piece would be uh, using data uh, to make decisions. The first part of that is of course uh, the property analysis to make sure that this will be a worthwhile venture purchasing this property. So it will cash flow and meet my objectives. But the second piece is on the backside of that uh, which is more of measuring my results. So, of each property, what are my daily rates? What's my lead time? How can I how can I leverage uh, lead time uh, to customize my pricing on Price Labs? If my lead time is thirty days, I'm not going to do last minute discounts until you know, maybe two weeks out or seven days out. Also, using the conversion metrics uh, that you see on Airbnb to hone your uh, hone your listing and do some AB testing to see what's really working. So I've been testing zero cleaning, zero-dollar cleaning fee, I've tested $99 cleaning fee, and I've tested the the full standard cleaning fee and things of that nature. I use data to help drive my uh, actions and ultimately uh, impact my business.
2: If you're struggling on how to get direct bookings and overwhelmed on where to start, then I recommend you go and book in a call with Boostly and our team right now. We can walk you through exactly what we're offering, how we can help you and give you a portfolio of websites that we have worked with that are matching not only your niche, but could be in your location as well. Boostly has helped over 2,000 hospitality businesses all over the world increase their direct bookings. And if you are interested, then all you need to do is go to boostly.co.uk forward slash call and book in an appointment with one of our sales team.
0: That's cool. So it sounds like you've got some... I'm drawing people's attention to those ones that you mentioned there. So first of all, Hospitable. And for anybody who hasn't used Hospitable, it's, it's an awesome PMS, especially if you're getting started between sort of one and 20 properties, really. It's, it's ideal. Yeah, so Hospitable is awesome for hosts who are looking to make messaging a lot easier, as uh, as Jason does there. Price Labs is amazing when it comes down to the... Um, making your job easier basically price labs will know about what is happening in the area so any events any kind of um holidays things like that you'll be able to have a higher price for and certainly when i did my when i did mine originally and and i I use price labs for my business it actually added 12 percent to my bottom line um profit you know so that is is something which can really help you with with profit there So one question, Jason, that I'd love to ask you is what would you go back and tell yourself at the start? Because there's going to be people listening to this who are thinking, you know, they might be in a career similar to yourself thinking, hey, I can't afford to to come out of this. What advice would you have for them and, um, you know, to get started?
1: Expect discomfort. Um, I I think that a lot of people try to get to the point where they're comfortable taking risk or comfortable uh, going out on a limb or putting themselves out there in one way or another. But I was certainly one of those people. And it took me a lot of, I think, self-reflection, but also, you know, listening to thought leaders to uh, understand and accept that failing is not the end-all, be-all. Failing is not a big deal at the end of the day you learn so much from failure you learn so much from the process that even led up to the inevitable failure but to continue that one of the most important things i learned was that you don't need to know 100 percent of the things that you think you need to know before getting started and i am an analysis paralysis poster child there are so many things that I've wanted to do in my life that I haven't pursued because I just didn't know all the answers of you know, how to get started, what, then what do I do, and, and then what do I do after that? What do I do in this situation? The reality is, is what I've learned from others, but also from my own process, is 80% is all you need to know. As long as you can educate yourself, inform yourself, Uh, about 80% of the information related to whatever it is that you want to pursue. You'll learn the rest of the 20% on the journey. So learn from people like Liam, learn from people like Mark, learn from people like me if you want. There's a ton of people online that you can learn from and that have have blazed those trails and there's no reason to feel like you have to, to make that lift on your own.
0: That's cool. That's cool. And thank you for the the mention there. Um, So as we reach towards the end of these, we'd love to just do a couple of uh, quick fire sort of uh, questions. Um, If you could visit anywhere on your wish list to travel to, where is that place and why?
1: Norway. Norway is an absolutely beautiful landscape. Or at least it is on social media, I can say. (laughs) So that's proof that social media marketing works. The weather is a bit different than what I'm comfortable with, but in terms of environments that I want to be in, uh, and I, I think it's a very uh, wholesome place uh, to ground yourself and get back to your roots and, uh, and clear your head and put things back into focus.
0: It definitely is on uh, is on my list. I've seen those Instagrams, and that does look amazing. Um, what does the future for your business look like?
1: Yeah, for me. At this point, I'm in the Nashville market. Um, My goal strictly was to get to this point uh, with my portfolio uh, to be income neutral with my career. So now that I've established that, uh, I want to look, or I am looking in other markets. So I'd like to grow my portfolio um, and also begin helping others. So uh, I do some consulting. Uh, I've uh, started building out some tools uh, to help others. Uh, I'll be posting about those. And there will be links to uh, to those tools. A lot of them, if not all of them, will probably be free. A lot of what I like to get out of work—it's not just money. It's I want to want to have a sense of reward by helping people that also uh, are taking action.
0: That makes sense. That makes sense. And we love to finish with this question: which is there a mantra or a saying that really resonates with you?
1: There is. I think the the first quote that I ever remember reading when I was a kid is the path well-trodden often leads to nowhere. And I've remembered that quote for probably 30 years. And I think it's just because it resonated with me because I was always a little bit different and essentially it's just saying that if you want to achieve something different than the others, others, um, than those around you, then you can't do what everybody else is doing. You can't follow the path that everybody else is following. And you know, to some degree, you have to think for yourself and, uh, and make decisions that uh, aren't common decisions. So for me, that's been a, a very powerful one, I think, throughout my life.
0: Thank you, Jason. And yeah, it rings, rings true. So we've learned a lot, obviously, about your journey. Um, I certainly feel we've covered the feel of fear and do do it anyway. And there's something which I'm going to take away from this podcast is that ultimately... We aren't here for a long time. We, you know, we are here to enjoy ourselves. And when it comes down to apologies, if you're watching on YouTube, my camera's gone off again. Um, But for the purpose of the podcast, those listening, you've got the opportunity to do it now. So if you're a host who's thinking about getting a short term rental or there's an opportunity that you've got, which you're just wondering whether or not you should do it, well you know, like Jason says, get 80% of the information then make the decision. Just just make that decision at the end of the day. Nobody's going to do that for you and uh, it's something for you to uh, take away from this podcast. So Jason, thank you so much for spending your time with us and uh, telling us your story here on the Behind the Host podcast with, uh, with Boostly. We know there's a lot of places that the listeners can put their attention. And we really thank you for putting it with us. If you think you've got value from this podcast, please do share it with people who will find it interesting and give it a like, give it a subscribe. And um, yeah, we really thank you for for spending the time. Was there anything we missed uh, before we bring it to a close?
1: No, I think that um, I'm starting to post content on my uh, Instagram page. uh, And that's uh, at J W Reese, R E E C E. I posted some material there on using artificial intelligence to help you host, but also a variety of other topics, including some of the motivational things uh, that we discussed here. But I think that, uh, at the end of the day, you're never going to be comfortable leaving your place of comfort. And uh, the reason I say that is I still, to this day, if I sign on another property, I am nervous at the signing table, and I've been uncomfortable and even nauseous every time I've signed on a property. There's no way for me to know for certain that it's going to work, but all I can do is participate and play the game, educate myself, try to reduce my risk through information, and then take a step forward. And at the end of the day, you gotta get comfortable with being uncomfortable. And uh, I wish you well on your journey, wherever that takes you.
0: Thank you, Jason. And just to confirm for everybody listening, you can go and check out um, Jason's journey at JW Reese, which is R W E C E. I will add that to the show notes. And also, he's got an awesome link tree where you can see his epic properties, which is uh, the normal, which is www linktree, uh, which is tr.ee forward slash jwreese. And um, you can check out his awesome properties there. So thank you, Jason, for spending your time with us today. And uh, yeah, thank you again for the Boostly listeners. We'll see you on the next one. Bye for now.